Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about topics that matter most— And then we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations. And we hope and pray that in joining us, you'll gain insight, wisdom, and courage to have these conversations with your own kids. And speaking of being courageous and having conversations with your kids, today's program is about purity. Um, Not always an easy topic to address. So we're going to do this uh, program in two parts. Today's episode, we're just featuring a young woman's perspective on purity, and then in the next um, couple of weeks, you can hear a young man's perspective on purity. So here today are two beautiful young daughters of God. Um, Go ahead and tell me your name and where, let's do where you go to church and where you go to school. Ooh, a twist. Yes. (laughs) Mixing it up. My name is Kaylee, and I go to Bishop Waterson, and I attend church at St. Bridget of Kildare. I'm Mai. I also go to St. Bridget, uh, but I go to Jerome High School. Okay, so we have St. Bridget representation today, which is awesome. So thank you both for being here. Um, I guess I wanted to start out by asking you what you think are some of the greatest struggles for a young woman uh, in terms of purity, in terms of remaining pure. Well, um, I think personally, what we see with the media and entertainment and whatnot today It really is selling ourselves out for just a physical component. It's pressuring us to say, you know, I need to compromise my values. I need to compromise what I am just because the physical aspect is what it's important. When, when you know, it serves a better purpose than just that part. Okay. Do you want to add to that, Kaylee? I was definitely thinking peer pressure, just all the outside media influence, definitely like Maya was saying. It's just the pressure to, like, be a certain way, look a certain way, and definitely, like change that is there any um so in regard to media that's what you were talking about my and is that i mean is that the main influence in terms of how young women view themselves or how young women view purity um not necessarily i think it definitely has a bigger impact just because we're exposed to social media all the time particularly but i think it also has to do of you know what you look at at home, what you see with your friends, the people that you're in contact with. So I don't necessarily think it's just media. Is there anything pointing to purity in your culture? Anything that that's pointing to purity as attractive, as healthy, as you know, we're in such a like a health conscious society, yet somehow the whole purity factor is sort of not included in that health. I don't know why that is, but so is there is there anything you see sort of without seeking it out? that points to purity as a good choice or as a healthy choice or the right choice. You're both absolutely like <laughs> smoke is coming out of your ears. You're trying to, <laughs> trying to think of it. I think you always have the option and we can definitely see that, you know, there, there's always the option of the good girl or the girl that went in the, this or that. Um, I think it's just a matter of choice. It's something that you have to be strong in. And for us, I know that from a faith standpoint, when you are comfortable and strong enough in your faith, you have enough courage and you feel, you know, God's 
power within you to say, I know what I what is right for me and what I need to do to protect, you know, my own body and protect other people as well, because it's not only about yourself, it's about other people as well. And what you have to do, you know, to respect everybody as a child of God. And so that for you, my that that kind of comes from within that that goal of purity. Um, Kaylee, would you is that the same for you? Does it come from within yourself or are there influences that point you in that direction? I think I definitely think it comes from myself and also the the example my parents set for me. This how they raised me that my mom's always taught me that you wait for marriage and that you don't you don't want to sell yourself because then how can you like stay true to your marriage if you already sold yourself before you're married? And so that's my mom always tells me that to stay true to yourself and then when you're true to yourself then you're confident enough to like stand up and then I know you want to surround yourself with like groups like not groups of friends <laughs> groups friends who have the same and similar like qualities of like standing up for yourself and once you surround yourself with that you uh, like blinking <laughs> no I know what you're saying like it, it it's easier to to it's easier yeah to feel comfortable with right. saying, yeah, you know definitely. I have a goal and there's somebody that's really willing to support me with it and, and I'm not a freak because look all these people around me feel the same way <laughs> exactly. yeah right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that helps <laughs> um okay so let's let's get into the brain of a guy <laughs> and what do you think i don't know why we're all just cracking up that but what are the factors so we talked about the factors that make um purity a struggle for young women what do you think are the factors that make purity such a struggle for our young men um probably maybe the influence of pornography okay it's so accessible nowadays that like anybody can view it and it can just change and morph your mind and also i think like through the media like the perspective on girls it also kind of like has the influence on guys like oh she looks a certain way so she acts a certain way so i could probably like try to like get with her kind of thing i think you know and i totally agree with that but also just you know on your everyday what we see just in high school and whatnot it's the way we dress, you know? Yeah, the definitely. Fashion. The fashion about saying, you know, people wear things because it's fashion instead of saying because it's what is supposed to fit me and what it's going to, you know, make me look, you know, the best that I can be. And I think that's really influential because we're just trying to look a certain way and that doesn't always mean it looks the way it should. And that's hard. That's hard for us kids. Well, teenagers, you know, hormones are going all over the place for both guys and girls. And I think it's really hard in that sense for them. Uh, You know, when a girl is just trying to be, you know, all flirty and whatnot, and you're just going along with the fashion, we really eliminate that fact and that factor of saying, what is he really feeling about this? You know, how, how does he think? What does he think about it? So I think there's definitely between a fine line that loses the consideration of guys in terms of what we wear and what we should. You know? <laughs> that yeah. reminds me of a funny story. We were on a retreat once and we did a, we broke off and we had the girls. I, I probably have told this story before, but we had a girls session and a guys session and we, each group came up with questions for the other group and we processed them. Then we got back together and we answered all the questions. But one of the things <laughs> We've that, done that before. Yeah, it's really we productive. Yeah. Yes. So one of the things that came out of it is one of the guys stood up and said, girls, please, don't wear yoga pants. 
<laughs> please, I'm begging you. And then all the guys like, please, please, try, you know, and the girls are like, but they're comfortable, you know, so. So we, you know, we were able to come to a compromise. Okay, wear yoga pants, but wear a long shirt. You know, if really comfort is what you're going for, which I don't really think it is always, you know, it's, it's also style and look at my cute body, you know, but we are even sort of tricked. I think girls are even sort of tricked into thinking this is how I'm supposed to dress. Yeah. You know, exactly. But there's something in us that also knows, no, it isn't because I'm going to claim that I do it because it's comfortable, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, it was really funny. So (laughs) now whenever girls are wearing yoga pants, we can legitimately call them out and say, you were there, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, but I didn't really mean to make this a a program about yoga pants. So let's keep talking. Um, Kaylee, you mentioned pornography as something that is really influential for the guys. And and it is. I mean, it's no secret that it's an epidemic, more so than it ever has been just because of the accessibility of it um, with the Internet. Oh, yeah. And because, you know, that industry is, is an industry of predators, really, you know, like I, we don't care, you know, how young this guy is or what his situation is. We want to get our pornography on his um, on his screen. So, uh I'm wondering, is it also an influence on girls? Does it affect girls? Yeah, Mai, you say yes? Yeah, in I, what I way? think so, absolutely. Because kind of what Kaylee was saying, you know, it's so out there. It's so accessible nowadays. And from a girl's standpoint, I think a lot of girls don't realize how detrimental it is for their future relationships. From, you know, the guy's standpoint, but as well for them, for the girls. I mean, it hurts both parties. And I think they don't realize the damage it can really do because it plants false um, expectations of something. Oh, yeah. it, it's false expectations of of the real person that we should be within a relationship. And I think that goes, you know, like I said, both ways. And it can really harm, especially because it's always kept behind. And I think one of the biggest things about it should be the communication. You know, we talk about how how can we prevent this? How do I not, you know, how do I not let, you know, the boy or the girl fall into it? And I think it's a, a big thing is communication. It's understanding and from a parent perspective, just understanding and teaching your kids what it can really do in a future because a lot of kids don't realize that. So do you think the influence on girls is more how, um, because of the way it forms the minds of young men or, or are girls directly influenced by it too? Are girls getting caught up in it as well? I think it, it's both ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the, both girls and guys have it as accessible as anybody else. Okay. Um, Yeah, I I just was doing a random Google search the other day. I don't even remember what. And and it just had a bunch of images across the bottom. And I did a double take on one. I was like, what? What? Why did that come up? You know, (laughs) click out, click out. You know, I'm frantically trying to. uh, (laughs) I mean, it's just that easy. It's just that easy. You can be searching for something completely unrelated and, um, so how nervous, this is for parents who are listening, how nervous should parents be about the influence of pornography on their children? I mean, I think there's so many dangers out there, you know, mm-hmm. and you never know. As a parent, you, you're always worried about what is it that my kid is going to see or listen to that, you know, might shape their mind. But that's why parents are there. Because yeah. if you're constantly trying, you know, to communicate with them, to to talk about things, to encourage them to do that, that not only 
you know, facilitates a better relationship with between the teenager and the parent. But it also encourages the kid to have better relationships with other people. It encourages him or her to do the same thing. So whether it is, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or just other friends, it really does kind of keep going in terms of that communication. And it can really help solve some of those problems. So you think that parents don't need to be as nervous if they have good communication and a good relationship with their kids? Yeah. Kaylee, you think? No? Not so much? <laughs> well, there's there's always that, like, the peer pressure, I guess, of, like, you can, just like my said, you can have an open communication and everything. Like, you can be really good friends with your parents, but there's also that for, I know personally for me sometimes, like, like my brother's in college, and so there's all those, like, new, like, influences coming into our house kind of thing. And so it's it's always there, and you always just have to be conscious. I think... I mean, you should, I think parents should be a little worried. It just, but I encourage them to just talk with their um, kids about it. Just, just tell them that it's like, not, it's not righteous. It's, it's really bad for your soul. See, now I'm interested to hear what the guys will say because I'm going to ask them the same question when we talk to them. How nervous should parents be? I'm interested to see if the guys are. Are more are more freaked out than you girls are <laughs> about dishes. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Maybe not. Maybe they'll say the same thing. I think definitely thing. what you said, Kaylee. You know, worried enough for the parents to be active, to be there, to be willing to help out. Because I think that's where it can get lost. You know, if the kid is trying to figure it all out by them, you know, by himself or herself, like then it gets really hard because you don't feel like there's someone that you can rely on, even if the parent doesn't even know how to deal with it. But it's just the fact that the kid knows that there is someone that they can mm-hmm. go talk to, that they can express what they're feeling or what happened or something like that. Because, And sometimes, you know, like you said, sometimes it's, it's not a parent, but it's it's somebody else that can help you, somebody that's you know older than you or another responsible adult, yeah. per se. So. Are there things that you as young women or young women in general can do to sort of fight that pornography beast that's so prevalent in our culture. Do you feel hopeless in that? Or or do you feel like there are things you can do? I think, well, (laughs) that's a prayer. Yeah. That prayer is a good one. I'm so glad you said it. (laughs) Absolutely. But also I think the idea that, you know, we talked about communication, but also kind of from that faithful standpoint, it's when you're doing it by example. So if you're working hard to, when you're in that relationship to be with the other person, to help this other person be the better version of themselves, you know, get as close to God as they can. When that is your entire mission within a relationship, I mean, God is always in the middle. And with that, it's always easier. And I know it sounds kind of cliche and, oh, you know, God will fix it for you. Well, not really, but it definitely makes a difference in terms of feeling power, empowered, and just encouraged to say, I can do something about this Mm -hmm. and I can go the right way with it. I have a friend who she's actually engaged now. She's getting married in September. But she said when she and her fiance started dating, the first question she asked him was, do you use pornography? And he was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, I wasn't messing around. I didn't, you know, I didn't have time for that. You know, so I thought, wow, not, not, you know. Are you Catholic? Not <laughs> Do you love your mother? No. <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay, so my you you mentioned social media as a as a one of the things that presents a challenge for girls in terms of 
purity. So I, I just wanted the two of you to sort of expand on that. How does social media influence a, a young woman's perspective on purity? I think something that is very prevalent is the idea that, you know, the girl to be loved has to have that physical component. And for that physical component, it means you have to compromise with everything else. And the only way you're going to be loved is if you compromise, is, you know, if if you give yourself in for that. And I don't think that's really true because you, you need, you know, like I said before, that relationship is meant to have a greater purpose. It doesn't just rely on the physical part. And that type of love, I mean, there's multiple types of love in that sense. And you need to learn how to grow in all of those. So how does social media... Play into that. It only shows one. I mean, it shows that the only way to be loved is by the physical component. So they completely disregard what it really means to help the other person be valuable, be a better version of themselves, grow. Well, from our standpoint, you know, and, and a faithful um, lifestyle. Do girls feel like they have to use social media in a way that um, objectifies them? You know, like what they tweet or what they post or. Or is it more what what you see on social media from other people? I think it's to a certain extent expected for us to do some of it, but I think it has a bigger impact because many girls, I don't know, won't say something about it, but they're seeing it all the time. And mm-hmm. subconsciously they're, you know, they're working to say, Okay, I need to do this, this, this and this to be, you know, to look more pretty, to fix myself, to always be, you know, at the top of your game kind of thing so you can keep up with what social media is telling you to do. Do you ever unfriend or unfollow someone who just their posts stress you out? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a stressful decision to make, isn't it? Because they're going to know eventually that you unfriended them or unfollowed them. But I had to do that just like, I can't have this in my life. I need to get you out of my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, that was a tangent. Um, <laughs> Are girls encouraged to make excuses for impure behavior? Whether, um, like, relationships they enter into are... Does our culture encourage us to excuse that sort of behavior? I think so, to an extent. Especially as teenagers, they say, you know, now's the time to live, so just go do it. Just Yeah, YOLO. You know, YOLO. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, you don't... It's It's all about this physical component and about having fun and about, you know, just... The passion of the moment that nobody really stops and thinks about the consequences. But then not, you know, not only a physical consequence, but what it really means to you from a spiritual standpoint, from your emotional and just mental standpoint afterwards. Is the is this is the um, this is just a normal part of relationships. Is that thought process sort of implanted in our brains as young women? I I think so. Just from like. Every everything you see, like between like TV shows and movies, just like entertainment, like the TV shows, like explaining like, oh, this is normal part of the relationship. Like this should be expected, and it shouldn't be. Like, <laughs> like the trailer for that one show, I forget what it's called. T- Ten singles, one bar. Who will end up with who? <laughs> have you ever? Seen, I don't even. I don't, yeah, I it's like, wait, why does anybody have to end up with any? Yeah, I think it's definitely, you know, <laughs> most of it teaches that we have to compromise. And if yeah. if it's part of the relationship, it's probably because something's going wrong. And that wrong usually means, oh, you girls are not doing enough or you girls are not being the way you're supposed to be. So I think it always revolves around 
that idea, that idea that we're not enough. So we're always trying to I find. I'm trying to improve ourselves. Exactly. And okay. not in the right ways. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay. So let me ask you this. Um, everything tells us that, you know, relationships progress to a sexual, you know, quickly to a sexual degree, you know, whatever. So as young women who are potentially dating or who are dating, how do you see the role of dating for a young woman? What is that role? If, if it's not what our society says it is, what is it? I don't know. Okay. Well, for me, (laughs) I know this might sound kind of odd, but I think, and especially from a faithful standpoint, for me, you know, the, the part that God is present, it's really important. And the fact that it's more than just a physical component, I think, and it sounds really weird if I put it this way, but, you know, dating could be kind of practice per se to to learn what it really means to be in a commitment, to understand the other person from every perspective that you can. It's encouraging this person to be the better version of themselves, to get as close to God as they possibly can. And I think from, you know, as a counterpart in a relationship, that is what your mission should be, you know, and it doesn't revolve necessarily always around the, the physical part. Anything to add to that, Kaylee? You agree? That was spot on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys were clearly schooled by Pam Heil at St. Bridget. <laughs> yeah, we were. Human sexuality. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay. Um, so this is for the um, all of the young men who are listening to this program right now. Millions and millions of them. Okay. What can young men do to help young women avoid impurity in their lives? I think... And, you know, kind of what we talked about the the clothing and all of that is not objectify us, not tell us from the beginning that I have an expectation of you, but rather encourage quality time, you know, time for us to really get to know each other, to, to really understand what the other person is and what the other person's goals are and how with each other they can help, you know, to get to those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about like... um Along those same lines, so, like, if you see a guy with a baby, you know, or if you see a guy, (laughs) you know what I mean, the chick magnets, a guy with a puppy, a guy with a baby, a guy, like, what is that? It's like, there's a sensitivity, there's a a tenderness, there's a a non-sexualized ability to love. I think that is really attractive to women. Like, if women can see that a man can love sacrificially and authentically and honestly be you know and that's that's the first thing he thinks of and that's the first way he approaches a woman um doesn't that make such a difference yeah and i think with that is from his side of being able to put the time into it to show us you know that us as girls we are valuable and that you know he wants to show us that we are that we are worth it and that way we can you know reciprocate yeah no i think like relationships have to be like you both have to be in it. It can't just be one sided. Like girl can't do all the work, guy can't do all the work. So exactly. just you always like um the guy should always like try to help the girl, like try to be better and like vice versa. Like like there's probably guys probably have like problems with pr- staying impure, being around all their like buddies and everything. All the peer pressure of like, oh yeah, I just hit a girl last night. Yeah, and you're like, oh. <laughs> what do I say? Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, uh, we're kind of running, we're getting coming to an end. So I want to end on a message of hope. Yes. Um, is there hope? What, what gives you hope in regard to this topic? What gives you hope in regard to the whole issue of purity and sexuality and 
and uh, authentic love. I think it's learning from, at least for us, you know, yeah. from the faithful standpoint that God wants you to be the better version of yourself. He wants you to get better, to do the best you can. And, you know, if that meant you messed up, okay, there's always a way to go back. But he will not necessarily go back, but start again. Mm -hmm. And he wants to see you do that. He wants you make amends, you know. He wants you to start over. So he loves you enough, and I think that always gives courage and always gives power for you to value yourself as a powerful woman and just go out there and do what you know is good for you and good for the people that are around you. And that, I think, I think answers my next question, which is... Um, <laughs> What's your advice for girls who have fallen or who have who give into temptation, who are who haven't learned yet their own self-worth, their own value, their own beauty in the eyes of God? You know, don't be afraid. Yeah. It takes time and for all of us to understand what we are. It it takes time, but there's always a way to start and yeah. a way to make it better. And no matter what you do, God will always love you through it, so you can always go to him with anything. But he wants to see you try. Yeah, he wants to see you try. Are there specific things that parents can do to encourage their daughters to live pure lives and to not give in to cultural expectations? I think protect them in terms of encouraging that quality time and encouraging the fact of, you know, reiterating their qualities to say, mm -hmm. this is what you can share with somebody else. This is what you can use to help somebody else be better. And yeah, and definitely have a strong prayer life in that too. And just in like set a good example at home, just staying pure. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you guys for sharing so openly and, and so being so expressive. It's fabulous. I, I feel really inspired. So and I'm a parent, so that's good, right? That's who, we're, <laughs> that's who we're trying to inspire. Let's close in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Precious Jesus, we love you and we praise you. And Lord, we give you thanks for our sexuality, for our bodies, for our gifts, for our ability to love, for our capacity to love. We ask you, Lord, that you journey with us as we strive to be pure, as we strive to be chaste. We ask that you help us inspire the people in our lives with whom we come in contact. And we look to your mother, our, our blessed mother, for as an example of purity. And we ask all of this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. And until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com.